Tyranny, tyranny, and more tyranny. It's called COVID, folks. Welcome. This is Eurofolk Radio. Today is December 12th, 2021. Deuces and aces wild. Oh, is this a numerological day for the Freemasons? Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe that uh, string of tornadoes from Edwardsville, Illinois to the east coast of South Carolina, the the biggest swath of tornadoes ever recorded in American history. Uh, over a hundred people killed. Uh, uh, some towns absolutely leveled like a, a nuclear explosion. Are we in the t- end times yet? Oh, I guess those people got raptured before. <laughs> a lot of those Judeo Christians got raptured before that tornado devastated their town, right? Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm here now. Okay. So- so yeah, the tornado. We had a huge tornado in, in the states now, and this yeah. is yeah, yeah. Do you it, think it was uh, harp technology, or was it a natural one? I have a feeling it was harp. I have a feeling it was harp. Yeah. So uh, yeah, because nothing this size has ever occurred before. You know, I mean, uh, tornadoes touching down from uh, the Mississippi River all the way to the ocean. You know, uh, in a continuous swath, eighty mile an hour winds. 80 mile an hour winds. The whole system was moving at 80 miles an hour. Uh, unheard of. Unheard of. So, uh, yeah, it was definitely harp. Definitely harp. Yeah. Just uh, like COVID. <laughs> harp is COVID for the planet, right? They're messing with our DNA. They're messing with our planet. They're messing with life. They're messing with the news and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Yeah. Hopium. Yeah. And all they have to give us is hopium. Uh, just, just yeah, uh, spoke about. Um, sorry. Yeah, go, go ahead. Yeah, as I spoke about before we started this, that I believe many of those groups that have been put up is fronts. They are manufactured, um, financed by UN. You have those World Doctor Alliance. You have um, World Freedom Alliance, and all of them uh, are also then connected to Sasha Stone, and he is uh, a huge yeah. dupe. Yeah. And he's financed by, <laughs> right. By yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. The, the, the best. What's the old Jewish saying? The best way to control a movement is to lead it ourselves. Okay. That's how they do it, and they they put up all these front groups of uh, Shabazz Goys, who, but uh, some of whom are actually Jews too, and uh, you know they, they create all this hopium that oh, there's this resistant movement. No. They control the resistance movement, so-called. And uh, that's yeah. why it's so hard to develop a real resistance. If there's a real resistance movement, the Jews send their ATF agents in and their SWAT teams and kill us all, right? So they're always on the lookout for a true resistance movement. 
so it won't get started. So unless Yahweh puts his blessing upon it, it ain't happening. All right, that's the way it is, folks. All right, so I posted the link to uh, today's topic, and let me do that again because uh, I see it has uh, disappeared off the screen. A lot of people in the chat room making comments already. Yeah, and uh, (laughs) Australia is building huge camps. What do you think those camps are for, Michael? <laughs> oh, they're, are they death camps? Are they concentration camps? Are they work camps? What do you think, Michael? Camps for dissenters. Yeah, that's right. Dissenters. Yeah, yeah. And they first used uh, used um, probably mean oh you have to quarantine two weeks and they come to just extend it, extend it, extend it, and you won't get out of there until you have done some kind of phony test or just they put a poisonous shot in you. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think what they're going to try to do is those who refuse to get the shot while in their homes or while emergency trips to the hospital, they will be rounded up and put in these camps and you will be given a choice, take the shot or die. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'll. Um, yeah, or they keep you down. Ten yeah. men or something keeps you down. What can you do? Yeah. So yeah. don't go there even. Don't yeah. even go there. Yeah, right, right. So uh, that's what's coming, folks. It's it's already happening in Australia. Australia is total lockdown uh, Jew tyranny. That's what it is. It's amazing that uh, uh, such a huge country could so easily fall to all these uh, fake politicians, these bought-off politicians, but it has. Uh, it doesn't speak well for the white race that so many of our people can so be easily bought. That's what uh, that's what's really disturbing to me that so many white people are so such low life scum <laughs> that they can be so easily bought by Jew money. Yeah, camps yeah, for camps for me. bad goyim. <laughs> there you go, the bad goyim camps. Right. Yeah, and this is um, what I come back to is to uh, um, this and I have in Second uh, um, Thessalonians chapter two. So, and this is those false messiahs, false light. This false light to try to put on you, and, and um, also because of this, that many of our people unfortunately does not receive the love of the truth because then they are damned. Right. Well, I mean, they have to give up their job <laughs> to, as a as a police officer who's clubbing de- dissenters to death. Right. You would have to give up that job to love the truth. You would have yeah. to do that. What was that? That rich man, that rich man that came to Jesus and said, what do I have to do to get into the kingdom? He says, quit your job. <laughs> Sell all you have and follow me. Yes. Mary, Australia is totally zogged. They're zogbots. They're uh, zombies for zog. That's what they are. So, man, the the world... You can make people to believe in this this lie, this nonsense, and and they they just fall along as sheep. They are are worse than sheep. (laughs) Amen. Yeah, they are sheep. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And because uh, the, the prophecies never fail... The last church of the book of Revelation of the seven churches is the church of Laodicea, the the lay people who are so um, 
lukewarm that the, the cup they're holding in your hands no longer <laughs> gives any warmth, right? It, they are so lukewarm, they have no zealous spirit for Yahweh or for Jesus or for anything else scriptural. They are, uh, well, they're not as cold as ice, <laughs> but they're getting there. Now, they'll be cold as ice when they take the shot and die. That's when they'll be cold as ice. All right, yeah. so l- let's get into this. I, I, I happened to find this article on uh, the uh, transition from British Israelism to Christian identity, and uh, I was doing a completely different search, uh, and I don't know how this uh, article popped up, because I was doing searches on uh, DNA and CRISPR technology, and, uh, and this was on DuckDuckGo, and uh, right in the middle of uh, the results was this article here. It has nothing to do with CRISPR technology, but this is what popped up. I, I guess maybe it takes uh, your previous searches and integrates you know, what, some of your previous searches to what you're searching for now. And uh, that, that's maybe why this article popped up. But the title is British Israelism to Christian Identity and the Palestine Campaign. Subtitle. How Jewish behavior alienates its most fervent supporters by Morris Van de Camp. And yeah, we can only hope that's what's happening. The Judeo Christians are finally being alienated by Jewish behavior and waking the, waking the hell up. <laughs> right? Okay. Uh, 2,200 words. Morris Van de Camp. Oh, well, now wait a minute. Okay. I think maybe what's going on here. This is a book. Religion and the Racist Right is the title of the book. And apparently uh, the editor is Michael Birkin, or is he the author of this? Uh, I guess it's a book that has a bunch of articles in it. Michael Birkin, Barkin, B-A-R-K-U-N, Religion and the Racist Right, the Origins of the Christian Identity Movement, Chapel Hill, University of North Carolina Press, 1997. From British Israelism to Christian Identity. Uh, Michael, I'm turning it over to you. Yes. So, and this is something I guess that you are well aware of. The Yeah, this, that, I don't know. Before I get started, I just, uh, this, this, what do you say, this British Israelism or this, what do you say, one seed line. Mm-hmm. I was, I believe that was um, in the beginning something that probably um, our beloved, not beloved, but the bankers <laughs> right. Rothschild used to right. yeah, able yeah. to torment uh, the bastard state of Israel. Yeah, the the tribe of Judah being uh, the Jews, right? I mean, that's uh, that was always. Uh, although I think there were dissenters even uh, with, to that in Britain, but not too many. Okay, because the Jews had been in control of Britain since the Bank of England was created way way back in 1694. And so the Jews have run Britain ever since then. So you really can't go against the Rothschilds. You can't make any public statements against the Rothschilds. Just as here in America, you can't make any public statements against the ADL. Otherwise, you get crucified. Okay, so that's the reality in the world today. You criticize the Jews, you get crucified. So that's why all these, uh, and everybody knows, all the politicians know that the Jews are running everything. The Jews are behind all of the corruption in the world. But they dare not speak a word because they know what happened to JFK and many others. 
Okay. Yes. Okay. And probably, I believe, many of the politicians we have today, I would say 99.9% are blackmailed in some way. They have done something. Oh, Otherwise, yeah. they would never be where they are. Yes. Right. Yeah. And uh, strangely enough, I was, as I was doing my search, I clicked on a music video and of all things, Jimmy Savile was the uh, announcer. So this was the, the British, uh, what's their, uh, BB, uh, British Broadcasting Corporation? BBC? Yeah, BBC. And Jimmy Savile had a music video show in on the BBC, and he's the guy who procured children for uh, uh, for a current prince uh, and uh, for all of these corrupt Freemasons, and many of those children were sacrificed to the devil. Jimmy Savile. He was right there on BBC television while he was sacrificing children to the devil. Amazing, folks. Absolutely amazing. But back to you, Michael. Yeah, and, and that's, this is probably, unfortunately, just the surface. Um, yeah. And Yashuak uh, comes back. He will He will oh. let us know all things that was hidden for us. Everything that did. So he will yeah. let us know this, but uh, may, yeah. I don't know, yeah. maybe we can't handle it or because yeah. <laughs> what will make our people to be furious sometimes? But still, they are not, they, they are sheep. They are yeah. dead. You can yeah. turn off an atom bomb at their side, but they still sound asleep. Yes, yes. Yeah, well, uh, the sign of his second coming will be a, a big flashlight. <laughs> He'll shine, shine that flashlight on the Jews and you watch the roaches run. Okay? Yes. Yeah. They can't okay. bear the real light. They have to have their fake light. All right. Yeah, this is the type of world we're living in, folks. Uh, deal with it. Uh, you know, that's the truth. Uh, don't uh, pave it over with smooth talk. We have to deal with reality. All right, let's go. Yes, now I will start up <laughs> after my little uh, rant here. Yeah, okay. So, um, so this is then British Israelism to Christian identity and the Palestinian campaign. How Jewish behavior alienates its most fervent supporters. And this is by Moris van de Kamp. And this is then, for as I said, a book here. So you have Michael Barkun, Religion and the Racist Right, The Origins of the Christian Identity Movement. And this is from Chapel Hill, um, 1997. Um, okay, Tra translating the Bible into English had an enormous impact on Anglo-Saxon culture. Most importantly, Britons began to feel an identification with the character of the Old Testament. This identification eventually created a movement called British Israelism. Mm -hmm. The theology of British Israelism and its racially aware offshot of Christian identity is described by Michael uh, Barcoon in his 1997 book, Religion at the Racist Right. Okay, so I think I've heard of this book, but I've never uh, had a copy. And it looks pretty good. It looks like it's uh, fairly even-handed. Okay, so I was able to skim through it. Because a lot of it, this is not a product of the ADL. This is uh, fairly even, or this is the University of North Carolina Press. So I don't think the ADL had a hand in it. This is an independent scholar, published a book, uh, probably his alma mater, uh, University of North Carolina. 
And uh, from what I can see, it's fairly even-handed. It's not condemnatory. It's just trying to explain how British Israelism and Christian identity came about. Obviously, it's going to be prejudiced against us, but not as bad. It's not a propaganda piece against us. Back to you. Okay. Um, the concept, concept behind British Israelism is uh, the belief that the British people are descendants from the ten lost tribes of Israel. Well, yeah, that is true. Mm-hmm. That is not a belief. That is true. That is a <laughs> historical fact. Yeah, it's a mental disease. <laughs> British Israelism. Put them away. They're all crazy. And the Ten Lost Tribe disappeared from history after the, nor- the northern part of Israel was conquered by the Assyrians. And bracket, this is described in the Old Testament second book of Kings. Yeah, and so bracket. it's true, right? The author is saying, Mr. Barkun is saying, yeah, this actually happened. Our belief is accurate. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. As such, the British people are um, God's chosen people and are um, expected to play an important role in the final battle between good and evil within Christian um, es- eschatology. And eschatology is uh, end times uh, theology, you know, the theology of the second coming primarily and how things work out in the end times. So now, now obviously, the British Israel people, British Israel, their main enemy uh, and historically has always been either France or Germany, okay? And so the British Israel movement uh, called the Germans Turks and uh, what was it, and Assyrians, right? Well, I mean, but even the British, the, the those Israelites who became the British people spent a lot of time in Assyria before coming to Europe, right? And so did the Germans. So uh, this was exclusively uh, for the British people and excluded, oh, the Swedes, the Germans, you know, all of the other tribes that settled in Europe in different countries, okay? So this was a more or less exclusive, uh, more exclusive than necessary, confined only to the British people. All right, back to you. Yes. Um, the first theologian that advanced British Israelism is um, in this pure form was Richard um, Brothers from, and he is from 1757 until 1824. And Brothers was a retired Royal Navy officer who had a vision that he was to lead the Jews back to Palestine. Oh, that was a bad vision. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Don't give the Jews any ideas. (laughs) And the Jews were the Ten Lost Tribes and were British. Oh, my goodness. Okay. He is a bit confused about who who and Israelite is here. Yeah, who is Jew and who who isn't. (laughs) All right. Okay. Later, in the mid, uh, middle of the 19th century, an Irishman named John Wilson, it uh, was between 1799 until 1871, uh, carried on the work of brothers and published lectures on our Israelitish origin in 1840. Uh, is some a book you have read? Uh, I don't think I've read this one. No. I've got a couple of dozen uh, books on our Israelitish origin, but this one I do not have, no. And I'm not familiar with uh, Richard Brothers either, so this is new information for me. 
Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I have not heard of those either in this book mm-hmm. to have up here, the, either that one either. So yeah. it's good. We can find some new new uh, gold, material. Gold. Yeah, golden nuggets. <laughs> yeah. Through uh, Wilson's intense promotion, British Israelis reached a broad audience of middle-class Britons. Right. Okay, and I'll just describe here. It's got one of the typical charts uh, uh, lines of descent, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Israel, with Ishmael and Esau off to the side, and how the 12 tribes, you know, became, uh, you know, lost, you know, the two houses divided. Uh, this is knowledge that the average Judeo-Christian has nothing, has no awareness of at all, okay? But uh, the house of Judah, they claim, are Jews, Okay, and this is why British Israel has always supported the return of the Jews or the takeover of Palestine by the Jews. Okay, they felt it their patriotic duty to do so, just as American Judeo-Christians feel that it's their biblical duty to support Israel. Okay, because they have this false idea that the Jews are Israelites. Back to you. Yeah, and you see they missed here. You have Isaac, but Esau, if they have to pull that, that one straight down to the... Right, the Jews, to Palestine. Yeah, yeah, right. Just point that arrow from Esau straight down to Palestine today. Then you have it accurate. Yes, good point. Yes, but now it's this one is a bit, uh, it's a bit flawed because of this. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and this is um, a chart that said British Islam's flow chart. This chart has a, um, a philosemitic outlook um, in the same way that British Israelis influenced Christian identity. It also paves the way for the Christian Zionist movement where white American pro- Protestants support Israel without question. Oh, good grief. Hmm. Yeah. Without Christian question. Movement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, okay. so far, very good. I mean, uh, th- this is uh, actually more uh, more uh, uh, sympathetic to the, uh, at least so far, to British Israel. We'll see what he has to say about Christian identity later. Okay, back to you. Yeah. Uh, British Israel's uh, pattern was the following. In the British Isles, many of its lead writers and adherents were former military officers that were also well-educated members of the middle class. Um, British Israelism didn't attempt to create its own church organization with a unique doctrine and um, and an ability uh, to ordain and excommunicate. Excom- yeah, it was just communicating knowledge, historical uh, and racial and religious knowledge. Yeah, and without a church structure. Yeah. Yeah, and so that also how how Yeshua Christ when he walked the earth also had he, he just ministered yeah. just just gave away his the knowledge he had to everybody. That's right. Had That's, the yeah, the structure came later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, instead, adherence uh, to the philosophy existed in nearly every uh, Protestant uh, denomination. Additionally, adherence came from every part of the British Isles. There was, however a heavy component among the Protestants in Northern Ireland. Um, in Britain, the movement supported the British establishment and the British Empire and felt that the actual use um, of the two non-lost tribes 
We are partners to the Anglo-Saxons. Oh, well, no. they were financiers, but not partners. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. And they finance just because they wanted their, their, mm -hmm. they only think about themselves. That's right. Yeah. So nothing will come, nothing will be good about that. Yeah, they use us as cannon fodder and we worship them. Yeah, kind of sickening. That we yeah, it is. That right. up yet. Um, it was thus a God-ordained uh, destiny for the British to rule in Palestine and issue the Balfour Declarations, which identified Palestine as a Jewish homeland. In this sense, British Israel also paved um, the way for the more mainstream Christian Zionism. Absolutely. I mean, so far, this is perfectly accurate. I mean, there's not a word I could even disagree with here. It's very well done. Okay. So, uh, but uh, what he fails to point out is the fact that uh, the Balfour Declaration was done behind the scenes and kept from the British people. Okay. So uh, everything the Zionists have ever done has been sneaky and uh, has been done to usurp the authority of the British people. Okay. And uh, th that should be emphasized here. I'm sure the author is very well aware of that, but he doesn't talk about it. Okay. So that uh, God does not operate in a secret manner. He operates out in the open. The Jews, however, do everything with total secrecy and for a completely different reason than publicly stated. And our people have to understand that's how they operate. Okay. That is not of God. That is of the devil. Back to you. Yeah, because if they could, if they would point it out, it would if they would say their plans with um, this uh, scandemic, <laughs> this right. would never happen, never. Ex but they do it in darkness. They hide Amen. their intention. Mm -hmm. But they have told us before because we know that they always often do it in their their yeah quotes, whatever. So they, they have already told us that, but no, that people don't yeah. want to listen. That's right. That's right. They don't want to believe the truth because the truth is too hard. <laughs> it's, for some, it's unbearable, right? No, don't tell me we fought all these wars for nothing. My my nephew had his legs blown off. Don't tell me that we fought that war for nothing. Sorry. We did not fight this war for democracy. <laughs> Has democracy ruled the earth since we fought all these wars? Michael, has it? Well, it's the Jewish democracy. That that's right. There. There's a Jewish way. It's democracy is just, I believe, that's just a, something that the Freemasons sold in to trick people to believe they have, have a saying. They don't have a saying. That's right. Yeah. And democracy right. is a, 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 the Jewish term for rule by deceit. <laughs> right. Okay. Back to you. But, but rule by, by uh, blackmailed politicians to, to bring up the point you made at the top of the show. That's right. That's what democracy yeah. is. It's ruled by blackmailed politicians. Yeah, it is. And often it's a kikistocracy. The worst <laughs> right. element in your <laughs> right is ruling over you. Kikocracy. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And so British Israelis made the jump to the United States um, through the work of U.S. Army First Lieutenant um, C.A.L. Uh, Totten from 1851 to 19 and he lived between 1851 and 1908. 
in the United States. Uh, British Israelis, Israelis had um, same surface level similarities to the British movement. Like in Britain, the American version attracted former military officers. The concept initially uh, latched on to numerous Protestant um, denominations without becoming a, a denomination in its own right. And Americans from uh, all of the traditional um, regions, Yankee, um, Quaker, Midland, Scots, Scots-Irish, um, um, Ap- Appalachian. 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 Yeah. Um, endorsed the theology. Okay, so it was on the verge of becoming a denomination. And actually today I think it is a denomination because even though we're still scattered all over the country and over the world, really, because two seed line is becoming more and more popular. Uh, but it doesn't have to be two seed line to be called Christian identity. There's a lot of non-seed line identians who know that the Jews are not Israel, and that's the important thing, is to know that the Jews are not Israelites, and uh, and understand the Bible as a covenant message, it's a racial message exclusive to the descendants of Adam, Adam and Eve, through Isaac and Jacob, etc., okay? That, that, uh, that is the basic fundamental teaching of Christian identity, which British Israelism do, you know, avoids the racial issue. Okay, back to you. Yeah, but that's uh, so. It's so important. It's very important. Yes. Yes. So it's uh, that's um, well, unfortunately, um, and I just when I try to look here around, in, for example, in Sweden, I just come upon feel sometimes studious that only promotes the uh, say that oh no, it's like all uh, switch again with those poisonous shot and and they they don't want to discuss the uh, the Jewish uh, question or the the fact that Jews are not Israel. Mm-hmm. Yes. They don't want to discuss it. They are probably, there's, I don't know, I get more and more the feeling they are stooges. Yeah. They just want to shield off the critics to the Jews. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, First Lieutenant Totten influenced Howard Rand. I mean, here he, he I recognize. Yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. Rand. Yeah, um, I've got some pamphlets by Totten, but uh, you know he's not uh, often re- referenced. But yeah, uh, Howard B. Rand, uh, one of the major uh, identity teachers of all time, no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, yes, and William J. Cameron. Yes. The late. Mm-hmm. And Henry he Ford's William editor. Cameron is Henry- he from uh, from the from Britain? Uh, no, uh, Cameron is American. He was Henry Ford's editor. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. of course. Yeah, now I, I, now I know. He was the one, the, the Ford. Ford's, right. Uh, mm-hmm. Right hand man. Ford's right hand man. Yeah, that's what he was. Yeah. Oh, I forgot it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the later two men led the transition to British Islam, Israelism into two racially aware Christian identity. Uh, British Islamism uh, was pro establishment and um, philo semantic. Philo means they love Jews. Oh. <laughs> Philo-Semitic, right. But, of course, yeah. that's a misuse of the word Semitic because the Jews aren't Shemites. No, that's yeah. a survival. Yeah. In America, the concept became anti-establishment and anti-Semitic. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. There is the word. Yeah, anti-Jewish, yeah. Yeah. 
Essentially, the theological evolution of British influence to Christian identity is how uh, Protestant Bible believers mesh their identifications with the uh, character of the Old Testament to the fact that America, uh, American whites have a conflict of interest with Jews. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes, we do. The bankers rule over, the Jewish bankers rule over us. That's the conflict we have with them. Right? Yes. And they try yeah. to steal our birthright and try to uh, kill us, murder us, enslave us, whatever they yeah. Yeah, yeah. do. Yeah, the Americans have always been Jew savvy. British Israelites haven't because essentially uh, British rule by the Rothschilds has created a lot of wealth for Britain, but only for the upper crust of Britain because throughout the history of the Rothschild control over Britain, uh, the slums of London and other towns were horrible. Absolutely filthy slums and the working conditions of the miners were horrible, right? So, you know, the British Empire gained lots of worth, uh, wealth. It was good for the upper crust and maybe so the middle class, but not for the average Brit. No, absolutely not. Uh, they were kept in poverty all this time. That's why so many of them came here to America, <laughs> to get away from that poverty. Yeah. Um, okay, let's continue. Uh, in the late 1980 and 1990, this movement came on uh, to the scene when a number of adherents, or at least people with uh, substantial links to the uh, theology, got involved in high-profile events. Um, this includes uh, Robert Matthews of the Order of Randy Weaver. Uh, and Randy and, Weaver, yeah, Robert Matthews of the Order. And the Order was uh, basically a bunch of true identians who uh, were falsely accused of uh, staging robberies and stuff. Although Robert Matthews may have actually, he, he got involved in a shootout, whether it was a, a, a killing in cold blood, I'm not sure. Uh, and Randy Weaver obviously was set up by the feds. And he you know, he sued the government and won because he was set up. Okay, back to you. Yeah, I understand that they have been set up. Many of this mm -hmm. is just to... Yes. Yeah. Um, in the 1992 standoff in uh, um, Ruby Ridge, Idaho, uh, Lieutenant Colonel uh, Bo Gritz, a third-party candidate for president, served as a go-between uh, the FBI and Weaver. Okay. Yeah. Someone you know? Bo, Bo, Bo uh, he pronounces it Bo Greitz. A lot of people think he was an infiltrator. Um, here, again, another ex-military guy. So yeah, we see that uh, Christian identity has, has a lot of ex-military people in it, uh, and a lot of ex-law enforcement too, right? Because they, they see the racial reality. You know, military men and police officers see racial reality, and they don't believe the lies of the mass media about all races being equal. You know, their eyes tell them a completely different story, right? So, yeah, and so he did probably as a publicity stunt because he was running for president that became the go-between between, between Randy Weaver and uh, the government okay so whether his uh, a lot of people think that, that that was his really only motivation there is to gain publicity from the incident back to you uh -huh. okay okay so it's a PR trick yeah uh, Bo Gritz uh 
had many identity associates and through him uh, identity ideas got a wider hearing. Other high-profile identity adherents include the preacher Lieutenant Colonel William Potter Gale. Uh, from, he lived between 1917 until 1988. Um, and that name I, I recognize, uh, yes. William Potter Gale. Yes. Uh, Die-hard two-seed liner. Yes. Yeah. Um, a former of officer on the um, on the staff of Douglas McCarthy in Pacific War. Yeah, Douglas McCarthy. He was, I guess, he was. Uh, uh, he he knew he knew about the use. I guess. Yeah, he, he did. Right. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He and uh, I, I, Eisenhower Steen didn't get along too well. Yeah. No, That's why so. Douglas was sent to the Far East. <laughs> okay. And they didn't get any any resources to fight the Japanese, I guess. Right. Well, well, he did. Yeah, yeah. And so, that but was the after Germany was defeated, I guess. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, they, they they wanted a Jewish uh, commander in Europe to take over Germany. Yeah. Yeah. Ike the um, Kike. Yeah. Yes, the most famous identity preacher was Richard um, Grant Butler. Yeah, Butler, I I know about. Mm hmm. Nineteen eighteen until two thousand and four, uh, Butler had a large following in northern Idaho, and he had genius for public relations. He organized uh, marches, distributed literature, and also got his message out during the um, Ruby Ridge situation. Mm hmm. And yeah. to me, that is European Ruby Ridge situation. What is that referring to? Uh, Ruby Ridge, oh, well, that was uh, the standoff between Randy Weaver and the feds, you know, where they uh, murdered his wife. Vicky Weaver was standing in the doorway holding her baby, and uh, Lon Horiuchi, a federal agent, uh, shot her in the head. Ah, okay. okay? Yeah. Now, so that, that, that situation gained tremendous negative publicity for the feds, the ADL, the government, et cetera, et cetera. The establishment took a huge blow. When Alan Horiuchi murdered Vicky Weaver. Yeah, they were completely mm -hmm. innocent. Yes. And murdered them without mm -hmm. baby. In, in cold blood. Arms. Murdered in cold yeah. blood. Okay. They did not have a warrant to get on that property. They had helicopters. I mean, I mean, full blown invasion of that house. They tried to burn it down too. They tried everything. But in fact, uh, Bo Greitz, his intervention did prevent that from happening and uh, focused attention, national attention on, on the standoff. And uh, the, the identity movement came out in force to uh, you know, support Randy, Randy Weaver and his family. And that prevented the FBI from doing anything. They couldn't do anything privately anymore. You know, the spotlight had been shown on Ruby Ridge. And uh, it was over, okay? So uh, the uh, Jews have been in damage control over Ruby Ridge ever since. Back to you. Ah, okay. Mm -hmm. um, Michael Barkun, uh, Barkun explains uh, theology in detail in his book and shows precisely how the ideas moved from the British Isles to the west coast of the United States and beyond. There is so much detail that reading the ins and outs can get pretty boring. Uh, Barcoon concludes that in the 1990s, the political rights high-profile pro debacle 
and hence the movement rather than discredited. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, right. yeah, because every when you tell the truth, people people can tell the difference between truth and lies if they're given the ability to compare the two, right? But the Jewish strategy against Christian identity is to just give us no publicity whatsoever. Because, like I said, they took a huge hit at Ruby Ridge, and so now they they uh, ignore us rather than give us publicity. So what they have done instead is they have staged false flag events to blame on quote-unquote white nationalists and so-called white supremacists without mentioning identity at all, okay? Because they don't want to give us any publicity. They don't want even people to know the term. What's identity? Oh, identity is the teaching that the Jews are children of the devil and that the white race is really the Israel of the Bible. Really? That's interesting. Tell me more, (laughs) right? They don't want that to happen. No, okay. Exactly. Yeah. By the way, uh, uh, Chris in London has put a link in the chat room. Uh, he's got it on his uh, newensign.com uh, to Richard Brothers' book. He's got it on his website, uh, Downloads a Revealed Knowledge, under that title. So I'll, I'll post this link in the uh, description when I uh, post our, our discussion here, our show, Bloodline show, on the website later today. Okay? Uh, that's very good. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. All right, back to you. Okay. Uh, in the big picture, British Israelism uh, morphed from a, a philosemitic pro-establishment movement in Britain. Yeah, that, uh, yeah. it tells you something uh, about that, that, that movement when I read that. Because, mm-hmm. uh, yes. Uh, tells you something. Yeah, and the original British, uh, you know, what's his name? Herbert W. Armstrong. He was one of the uh, Philo Jew, Philo Jewish teachers here in America. But he did teach that the Ten Lost Tribes were white, ang- um, you know, Anglo uh, Adamites. He he did teach that. Okay, um, his uh, church eventually fell apart, and the people who run it now do not teach that anymore. Uh, they have scrubbed that out <laughs> of the World Church of, uh, I think they call it World Church of God. But that was, he had uh, radio shows. There were a lot of identity type teachers on the radio, reaching millions of people in the 20s, 30s, and 40s. Okay? That, that's how the movement grew here in America, because these, and even uh, the Catholic priest, what was his name? Uh, he had a, a, a weekly radio show that reached millions. He was always chastising the Jews for you know, staging wars and for stage. He even preached that the Jews staged uh, the uh, American Civil War. Okay, so there was a lot of anti-Jewish teaching going on on the radio, and millions of people were listening. Okay. Uh, so the Jews had to shut that movement down, and I think part of the reason for staging World War II was uh, that under the cover of World War II, they went in, they uh, got rid of the Klan, they infiltrated the Klan, and uh, they dealt with a lot of these uh, identity preachers who were on the radio, took them off the air and accused them of being, what, uh, traitors to America because they opposed Judaism? Right? And they, and they used FDR to, and Woodrow Wilson, not, not Woodrow Wilson, but uh, uh, his, his successor, uh, to do that. Right, they cleaned the house of the uh, the airwaves of uh, identity preachers. Back to you. 
Ah, yeah, yeah. The, the dots do things for multiple reasons. Could it also be maybe this this COVID scam? I don't know what to say. Oh, yeah, uh, is that maybe also because of there has been an, an rising awakening to the to the Jews and their the problems they're causing? Yes, absolutely. Well, uh, Andy and I did a, a a couple of shows, three or four maybe, on the fact that this uh, uh, rebel Jew. I can't think of his name right now, uh, uh, did a, a radio report saying that the Rothschilds are extremely concerned about the fact that the American people are no longer supporting Israel, and they had to do something about it. So th- that's why uh, they uh, sped up the, the COVID process, okay? He, he, he actually predicted uh, uh, Goldberg, I forget his first name, but Mr. Goldberg predicted that the Rothschilds would stage some kind of false flag event, a major false flag event relating to medicine. And uh-huh. he was he was absolutely right. And he died. He was murdered shortly after shortly after making that prediction. Back to you. Oh, he must say something that was true there then. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh. He was right on the money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those shows are still, you know, in the archives here at Your Folk Radio, the, the interviews or the shows that Andy and I did on that topic. Okay. So uh he was absolutely right. He had you know, he was a Jew, he was an insider, and he turned against the Rothschilds. Oh. Charles Coughlin or Coughlin, thank you, Nimblehurst. That was a Catholic preacher who uh was uh, had reached millions of people every week with his radio shows. The ADL had to have him taken down. Yeah, and that's in that's uh, so maybe this is something that has forced their hand that they do this hopefully too early for their plans to really succeed. I, I really I yeah. pray that their plans would smash up in their faces. Yeah, yeah, right, right. And Swamp Fox says uh, Charles Lindbergh knew it too. Charles Lindbergh went on a tour of America before World War Two. Telling people that the Jews are the primary force for war, trying to get America involved in World War II in this upcoming war that the, obviously the Jews were planning. Yeah, Charles Lindbergh Jr. was going on radio saying that. Uh, but didn't okay. they later try to blackmail him and took his? Uh, they threatened his family. Yeah, they uh, they had uh, they they stole his son and murdered his son. Yeah, oh, wait, and and, bl- and and blamed it on a German guy. Who had no knowledge of it whatsoever. He he was totally framed by the Jews. Yeah. Okay. That's that's the way the Jews operate, folks. Back to you. Yeah, they are a mafia. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Read the book Red Mafia, and you see you see where it comes from. The Jews operate as a mafia. Yeah, right. Yeah, and uh, uh, Jeffrey points out Dr. Gene Scott, although he was kind of uh, uh, soft. Uh, soft on the issue, he did teach that the, uh, the ten lost tribes are the Anglo-Saxon people. He didn't talk about it much. He didn't stress it, but he would mention it occasionally. But uh, planting seeds. There you go. Back to you. Yes. Um, in the big picture, British Israelism uh, morphed from a philo-Semitic. Uh, I read this. Uh, yeah. Semitic, uh, <laughs> True establishment movement in Britain into the exact opposite in America because in United States, Jews and America and American whites have a sharp conflict of interest. Amen. Yes, we have. Amen. Uh, yes. 
Howard Rand, for example, drove British Israelism toward its Christian identity variant from the 1920 until the 1940s due to his conflict, uh, due to this conflict. Amen. Uh, in the 1920s, the conflict expressed itself by the fact that many Jews were involved in the very real Red Scare communist agitation. Oh, yeah. Amen. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are the uh, communists. Like I said, this is a very even-handed uh, article. You know, I, uh, he's he's trying not to step on Jewish toes here, but he's telling the truth in very broad, general terms. Yep. Yes. And in the 1930s, the conflict adjusted to the fact that the Jews had moved into a position of power within the administration of FDR. Yeah. Amen. Of and uh, wasn't that Withrow Wilson? Wasn't that the first one that they got their hands upon? Right. They, they blackmailed Wilson because of the affair he had with Mary Peck. And uh, they got him involved in World War One because of that blackmail. Right. Yeah. FDR was with him all the way. FDR, Del- Delano family, it was Jewish. So he has Jewish blood. He was their pawn from the beginning to the end. And, and so was, uh, ah, uh, excuse me, uh, his his successor. The little Jewish guy from Kansas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the word Woodrow Wilson is blocking out the name of, of uh, FDR's successor in my mind, so I, I can't dredge it out. But somebody in the chat room, help me, help me out. Uh, Harry uh, Truman. Harry Truman. Yeah, there Harry you go. Harry Truman. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Oh, okay. Wait, you, you, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Harry and, True Jew, Harry True Jew. I'll just <laughs> recall of that, and I'll never forget it again. <laughs> Harry True Jew, folks. All yeah. right. Okay. In the 1940s, the conflict expressed itself in the clash over different ways of dealing with World War II and the subsequent Cold War. Every minute of the, these decades, Jews worked to stir up uh, blacks and other non-whites against American whites. Yeah, Amen. that's what they're doing. Amen. Uh, most recently, the inconvenient U.S. government uh, shutdown in January 2018 started with a Jewish-led pro, uh, quote, dreamer, end quote, protest in Congress. What was that about? Yeah, dreamers. I don't know. I, I guess it's just another phony peace movement. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. we're dreaming for peace. Yeah, well, what are you doing for it? If you're not opposed to Zionism, you're not doing anything for peace. No, you're just doing yeah, a You're a warmonger. You're a warmonger if you pro- if you promote Zionism. Period. Mm, yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay, and here is some um, uh, what do you say? Points, bullet points that for characteristic of British Israelism and same for Christian identity. So I yeah. start up with Yeah, British go ahead. History. Yeah, go ahead. Run through um, this. So, this was pro-British establishment, middle class, many veterans, especially a commissioned officer, uh, hostile to Turkey and Germany during world wars. Right. Not a church, but a belief system influencing different uh, Protestant denominations. Uh, Philo-Semitic British and Jewish people are related. Uh, philo-Semitism breaks down over anti-empire Zionist terrorism. Very good. Yeah, I mean, the Zionists destroyed the British, uh, well, they destroyed the British Empire, period, by exploiting it, uh, using the British people for all they were worth. 
But uh, when the British mandate ended in Palestine, the Jews became so hostile to Britain, to Britain overall, committing terrorist acts against British officers and British people. That uh, and uh, of course this was all hushed up in the press, but uh, common knowledge of it did filter down that uh, you cannot possibly support Zionism given their, their record of terrorism. Absolute terrorism. Back to you. Yes, and here's the char- characteristics of Christian identity. Um, American movement uh, is considerable different from its British counterpart due to race issues. Anti-establishment and views the U.S. government coldly. Uh, yeah, the Jewish, Europa. the Jewish government <laughs> running America. Yeah. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Um, middle class, but supported unusual people, especially in the West. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Unusual people. Yeah. Well, definitely, middle uh, Christian identity is a middle class movement, but there's a lot of rednecks. And gun-toting uh, guys in the backwoods of Arkansas and Missouri who support us, right? Okay. Uh, and uh, farmers. In the 1980s, there was an anti-tax movement led by Gordon Cowell, you know, out west. And these people knew that the Jews were the banksters oppressing the farmers. Very important aspect of Christian identity in America that this author leaves out. You know, he, he gets close to it, but uh, he doesn't really talk about it. Yes. Um, many veterans, especially commissioned officer, that's a bracket, i.e. Colonel William Potter Gale. And uh, yours truly too, Eli, you're also yeah. a veteran. So one yes. more death. Amen. Mm. Yeah, while, while I was in Vietnam, I was determined to find out who who it was that considered me expendable. Because I knew we weren't fighting for democracy. We weren't fighting against communism. You know, that was just pro- propaganda by LBJ. I hated LBJ with a passion because he was such a bold-faced liar. So, uh, and, uh, you know, so I knew that we weren't over there to uh, make uh, make the world safe for democracy. And that was pretty. So I swore to myself while I was there, I would find out who's really behind all these wars. And that's what led me to Christian identity. Yes. Amen. Mm-hmm. Um, views Anglo-Saxons as chosen people, views Jews and non-wise as not descendant from the biblical Adam. Amen. Yes, Amen. that is true. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know about this next, I may be a bit <laughs> influenced by Mormonism, ufologic, evangelical uh, Protestantism, and New Age movement concept. Uh, not so much. Not so much. No. Uh, uh, Mormonism in the early days, maybe, because Mormonism has always been white. It's always been exclusively white people, but not lately. Uh, Mormonism has been totally taken over by Freemasons. And this is, you know, told to me by several Mormons from, you know, who are on the inside and tell me, yeah, that's a fact. Mormonism has been taken over by the Freemasons. But uh, rank and file are white people. Okay, so it's, it's ipso facto identity because it's racially white and Christian, right? Uh, well, yeah, we believe in UFOs, but uh, I don't think none of our people that I'm aware of are really into ufology, okay? 
uh, with a passion. It's just we we agree that uh, there's other realms, uh, there's other universes, so to speak. Uh, there's a, a spiritual world and a physical world, and uh, we really don't have much knowledge of the spiritual world. Could be UFOs out there, and uh, you know, but it's just government cover-ups. Anything that the government covers up, you know, we like to expose. Put it that way, okay. And there were some evangelical Protestants that became became part of our movement. Pastor Ramsey is one of those, you know, Baptists. He came out of Baptist Baptist movement. Many of our preachers today have come out of evangelical Protestantism. That's correct. New Age movement, not so much. New Age movement is Freemasonry in disguise. Okay, so I'd say our people can see through that because it's not biblical. The New Age movement has never been based on the Bible. So, uh, well, but maybe some some people who have dabbled in the New Age movement have come over to identity, maybe to that extent. All right. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, after the 1940s, uh, there become uh, actual Christian identity congregations, although still a movement within uh, prote- Protestantism. Right. And that was true in British Israelism as well. The... Uh, I forget, uh, Paul English was on uh, with me a couple of weeks ago where he said there was one um, British uh, bishop who was so disturbed by the uh, British Israel movement that he became a Catholic. <laughs> right? So, because he, he wasn't able to do anything, was, British Israelism was growing in Britain, and he was so disturbed by it that he switched religions from Protestantism to Catholic Catholicism. But, of course, the Rothschilds, with their Zionist uh, impetus, uh, drove a lot of people out of the movement because uh, it was just awful, the terrorism of the Jews against the Palestinian people, and using the British military to enforce their rule over the Palestinians was just really too much for honest Brits to, to stomach. Okay, back to you. Yes, and they still, they regard the Palestinians, yeah, they are, I guess, like in a concentration camp, support Palestinians. Mm-hmm. More or less. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's just a big concentration camp for Palestinians. That's what Israel is. Yes, and they want to do the same to us due to this uh, scamdemic. Yep. Yeah, that's right. That's what all those polyethylene caskets are for <laughs> that are being stockpiled in Kansas and other places, folks. They're, if you refuse to get vaxxed, they're going to tear you out of your home and take you to one of these re-education camps, right? And you're going to be given an ultimatum, the jab or the box, Yeah, but so you have, die quickly or die slowly. Yeah, but we have Yahweh's protection, so I'm kind of I. Yeah. I don't think he's going to let that happen. Right. Well, I can tell you one thing: that those plastic caskets burn burn very easily. <laughs> one incendiary rocket will take care of the entire stock stockpile in Kansas. Okay. I can tell you that much. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Bible okay. says if Mystery Babylon is going to burn. Yes, it will burn. It mm-hmm. will burn. And it will, will not be seen as in any any man or woman did it because it will be old to... Yeah, a lightning uh, could strike it too. It. Yep, a lightning strike could take care of all those plastic caskets. Yes, and can stop their technology also. Mm-hmm. Amen. So we'll, we'll see how... Because I think Father Yahweh will be... yeah. He has a plan also. Amen.
and that will be fulfilled to 100%. And they, <laughs> yeah. Swamp gas. Swamp gas could fill the whole the concentration camp and set it on fire, right? Yeah, yeah, and Pete yeah. Peters. Uh, I don't know if the author mentions Pete Peters. Yeah, also, many uh, many identity preachers have come from mainstream uh, evangelical Christianity. No doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's continue then. Another reason for the change was Jewish behavior in Palestine. When supporters of British Islamism uh, spoke of bringing the Jews to Palestine, what they meant was supporting the British Empire's rule of the area. Mm-hmm. Instead, what they got were Jewish terrorists working against British interests in the region, despite uh, Britain's sacrifice in, uh, quote, saving, end quote, European Jewry. That's right. British That's right. Jewry. That's the thanks they got. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. In the words of uh, Barcoon, and that uh, quote, uh, to, uh, to repudiate the British role in Palestine was beyond forgiveness or understanding, end quote. Mm. Uh, an account of what uh, it was like to be a British uh, patriot stationed in uh, Man- Mandate, Palestine, is found in Eric Law's for- uh, Forgotten Conscripts. Now, that's a book I've never heard of. Eric Lowe's Forgotten Conscripts. That uh, looks like very interesting. Yeah, because the British soldiers that were stationed in Palestine, uh, that was an absolutely thankless task because the Jews hated their guts because the Jews wanted total control of Palestine. They wanted the British to leave, right? But it was their duty to enforce the mandate, and that was a very thankless task. It's like having, you know, an enemy. You're, you're, you're supporting you to protect your worst enemy. That's what it was like for those British soldiers. Back to you. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, after World War One, the British, uh, British added Palestine to their empire. Uh, during World War One, they promised a quote, homeland, end quote, to the Jews in Palestine in the Balfour Declaration. After World War II, the British uh, colonial authorities in Palestine realized that the Jewish immigrations in Palestine had gotten an inch, but uh, were taking a mile. Instead of a, quote, homeland, end quote, in the British Empire, where Anglos could uh, protect the rights uh, of Jews and Palestinians. The Jews wanted an independent state free of both Palestines and British laws. Amen. Uh, yes. Amen. Couldn't be more accurately stated. Yep. Uh, the result was a nasty Syria terrorist insurgency that ran throughout World War II and picked it up in intensity Im- immediately after. And there was never any media reporting about this at all. Again, as I said, the Jews used World War II as a distraction to rid America of its uh, original Christian identity preachers, get them off the air, to infiltrate the Klan and uh, basically uh, make the Klan uh, very, very weak, and also to uh, institute this uh, terrorist reign in Palestine. Okay, all under the cover of World War Two, and of course the Bal- uh, not the Balfour Declaration, but the uh, 
the transfer agreement between the Zionists and the Germans was to ship Jews to Palestine, Jews who didn't want to go there <laughs> because they didn't want to be farmers. And they were living a very soft, easy life in Germany and the rest of Europe. They didn't want to leave that soft, easy life and move to a country where they had to be farmers, right? They didn't want to do that. So the, the Zionists used Germany to get to, to ship those Jews to Palestine. This is why many Jews have stated Hitler, Adolf Hitler, is the founder of this Pal- uh, the uh, Zionist state. Yeah, he, well, got, he put them on boats and put them to Palestine. Exactly. Exactly. And he got paid for that. Germany got paid for that. Okay, this has all been covered up. Oh, yeah. That yeah. they doesn't want to mm-hmm. tell about. Amen. Um, so, Eric Lowe was a British soldier in the Royal Army Ordnance Corps in Palestine. Just after World War II, he uh, collected a series of accounts from his fellow drafters serving uh, there. And his book shows the Sire terrorist in surrection right. uh, through the eyes of short-term, low-ranking British draftees. Now, that's interesting, uh, the draftees. The draftees are those who didn't want to, uh, didn't support the war, which was the case for me. I was drafted. I didn't volunteer to go to Vietnam. I had a choice, either get drafted or go to Canada. That was my choice. Something told me uh, that I would survive the experience, and uh, I did. And uh, boy, did it teach me how wars are, are fought, how wars are financed, okay? That's how, what I learned while I was there, how wars are financed. And uh, and then uh, I was determined to find out who are the financiers. And, uh, that, you know, once you realize that Jews are the top financiers of all wars, then everything becomes clear. Okay, and that's why I turned to Christian identity. So, yeah, uh, it's the draftees, the ones who are forced to go there, uh, who are considered expendable by whom? By the international Jew. Of course. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, several concepts stand out. Uh, First off, the Jews were the cause of the insurgency. If it were only Arabs, the British would have had no issues. Then, while many of the troops, especially airborne soldiers, had served in World War II against Hitler, they were still called, quote, Nazis, end quote, and, quote, anti-Semites, end quote, by the local Jewish population. Additionally, the Jewish terrorists operated with no moral, no, no moral boundaries. They killed Jews to stop British efforts with no second thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they those lesser brethren, I guess, just for their cause. Right. Yeah. Well, they won't hesitate to sacrifice little Jews for the big, you know, the big profit. <laughs> you know, for a total takeover of the planet, they won't hesitate to sacrifice little Jews for that. And they sacrificed many. They left a lot of European Jews behind. There's other rabbis have written books about how uh, many Jews didn't want to go to Palestine, and the Zionists uh, actually shunned them. And, uh, you know, they, they claim, well, they sacrificed them to the Nazis. We, we know that's not true. But, uh, you know, to the final solution, because there was no final solution. But uh, nevertheless, there were uh, rabbis in Europe who were not Zionists and who have also 
uh, stated the same thing. Okay. Yes. All all this information has been suppressed. Yeah. They mm-hmm. exactly as our movement. Yeah. Christian entity. They give us silent treatment. Yeah. Amen. Um, so I didn't know that they started calling it white. That the white supremacists doing it. So that's kind of they they can't they want to reflect all the uh, de reflect all the lights uh, on us. Right. To, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, the, the fact is the Jews know that Christian identity is a very powerful movement. Why? Because Yahweh is supports it and is behind it. Okay. So they know they've got a formidable foe in us. So they have to pretend, well, no, we're not here to fight Christian identity. We're here to fight white supremacism, right? But no, we're not white supremacists. We're uh, dominionists. We simply believe what the Bible says, and we're separatists, okay? We want to be left alone. Please, Jew, leave us alone for once in our lives. Leave us alone, but they won't leave us alone, which means there will be a violent conflict between us and them. It's coming, and it has actually started. They're simply disguising their war against us with COVID. Yeah, this is probably their buckshot. They tried to shoot Oh, right, and exactly. It. It's a buckshot approach, yeah. Kill as many Christians as you can and hope you get some of those identians, those, 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 <laughs> those troublemaking identians. Yeah, we're thorns in their sides. Yeah. Okay, but, and pricks yeah, in their but, eyes. Okay, but Yahweh's protection is is much higher than that. He said, "Touch yeah. not my anointed one. Do my Amen. prophets no harm." Amen. So yeah. they can't do nothing. No, they can't. Yeah. So yeah, and okay. even if they do arrest us, or it's like Paul was arrested several times, right? And uh, some of us may be martyrs, but uh, you know we know what's going on, and we're not going to back down. They know that. They're not going to back down either. So it's a fight to the death. Yeah, it will be that. And we have to be a stumbling block to evil. Amen. That's why we are here. The means we have gotten to use. Um, and Okay. There are also shades of present uh, uh, day injustices in late 1940s Palestine. Um, Jewish, quote, refuge, refuge. Uh, end quote, flows from 1945 to 1948 often consisted of physical fit military age men. The Jews mm-hmm. were also politically uh, protected and supported by the most powerful national rulers of the time. Um, the British eventually realized that new Jews, even the ones employed by the um, colonial government could be trusted. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no Jews. No Jews, not new Jews. <laughs> no Jew. Even the ones employed by the colonial government could be trusted. Okay? So they learned the hard way. Yeah, they did. Okay? Mm-hmm. And he says that in, in this, uh, this, as you said, this book, it writes That's good given that, that view. Yes. Um. The British development in Palestine following World War II is every bit a forgotten war. Lowe writes, quote, When newspaper listed post-war conflict, they didn't include Palestine. Even the BBC omitted it from uh, every um, armistic Sunday broadcast, end quote. 
Nonetheless, the forgotten British conscripts in Palestine were the last guardians against the world's most predatory people being able to set up a morally bankrupt thug nation in the Levant. And the same is true of Vietnam veterans. Totally forgotten. In fact, shunned and hated when they came back to America. Absolutely shunned and hated. Now, of course, because the, the Jews uh, direct our war efforts virtually openly, patri- so-called patriotism flourishes in America, and they pay lip service to Vietnam veterans. But, but folks, that's nothing but lip service. Back to you. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Simply put, uh, British Israel. Um, Israelist uh, preacher imagining themselves bringing about the fulfillment of biblical prophecy. What should they fare in Palestine with horror? Christian identity became um, ascendant. Wow, this is really a good article, man. <laughs> uh, this is fantastic stuff. I'm, I'm definitely going to include the, the, this link and the other links uh, that uh, people in the chat room have posted. With, uh, when this post is up on your folk radio, folks, this is really a good article. Back to you. Yeah, a lot of lot of good and honesty. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, uh, this is straightforward. This is this is what really happened, <laughs> right? Can you believe it? Truth stated succinctly. Oh, that is uh, yeah. <laughs> boy, it's a yeah, right. Yeah, I'm in heaven, <laughs> reading truth without embellishment. Yeah, or or Jewish edit. Jewish editing, <laughs> right? Okay. Christian okay. identity became ascendant, and it still is, folks. And we will eventually be victorious. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, the round and round of uh, uh, prot- Protestantism. Oh, yeah. Now, here, before you even start reading this, uh, he, he may talk about the 1960s and how the Jews took over televangelism, actually created televangelism, and the unwavering support of Judeo-Christians for that bastard state of Israel. Okay, that is the most important development in the modern world, you know, how the Jews are able to influence Christians through television. Back to you. Yeah, it's a lie. Down yeah, there. right. There is probably an evolutionary reason for why human societies develop religion. There is probably a reproductive advantage, and it could also be a spin-off from human intelligence and imagination. Yeah, it's from Yahweh. He inspires us. Yeah, right, yeah. So there's also probably an evolutionary reason why one society or another causes its religion to change through reformations and schisms and Heresies. Heresies, yeah. Heresies and and the like, yeah. And like. There is probably an ethnic reason why Northern Europe become Protestant while Southern Europe stayed Catholic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Religious reforms also came with uh, a raft, a new idea that influenced the outlook of the entire society. For example, all Calvinist societies have become in in the industrious, following the logic of predestination. Uh, Martin Luther's 95 Thesis was written in Latin, and its original goal was to change one particular policy within organized Christianity. Catholicism, not Christianity. (laughs) Catholicism, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Martin Luther's ideas regarding Vatican policy led uh, to a um, revol revolution of many things. One of them is the idea that reformed Protest Protestantism would lead Jews to Christianity. Ah, <laughs> all right. Napoleon yeah, thought that too. Napoleon thought that the Jews would integrate to the rest of French society and European society. How wrong he was. Oh, yeah. And mm -hmm. he left them out. Yeah. Well, they, they left, you know, he, he called the Council of Rabbis. And this is another impetus for uh, Zionism. Because the Jews had never had the idea of, of uh, reintroducing the Sanhedrin when he called the Council of Rabbis of Europe uh, you know, to, to get them to integrate to the rest of Europe. They flatly refused. But it also gave them the idea, hey, we got we can organize against the European powers, and they did. So Zionism mm -hmm. was actually created by uh, Napoleon, you know, by mistake. Okay. Oh, what a mistake! You made. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so in fifteen twenty-three, Luther wrote a book that Jesus Christ was born a Jew. Oh my. <laughs> arguing the very point well it did not work experience tore away Luther's illusions <laughs> <laughs> right yeah right well yeah. We, we all start out you know many of us in identity started out believing that lie that Jesus was a Jew alright and the Jews are Israel why because we've been it's been repeated so often right Oh, yeah. So I could say Christian identity is based on three basic principles. Jesus was not a Jew, the Bible is not a Jewish book, and the Jews are not Israelites. Once you realize those three points, then uh, you know the scales fall off your eyes. Yeah, and everything starts to make sense. Yeah. It's like a key, like a key to everything. Yep. That's so important to understand. That's why I was been trying to argue this point with here in Sweden, but it's it's not that easy, to be honest. No, no, no it isn't. No, you have to, because you know, they all have their uh, pet lies, like Jesus loves everybody, and then you have to have uh, knowledge, you, you have to be able to, at the snap of a finger, uh, read the, or uh, recite uh, from your own memory the verses that contradict that belief, you know. So uh, uh, why did Jesus say, go not unto the lost? <laughs> Go, uh, uh, do not go unto the gentle, but unto, only unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I come not, but for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And he didn't love the Pharisees. He drove them out of the temple with a whip. Okay? So you have to be aware of these uh, verses that they have not been taught. So you really have to be aware of biblical scripture to, uh, to order, in order to, you know, shunt away the lies that they believe in. Okay? Yeah, it's not easy. They do it. They don't. Some some don't want to listen. They don't want to to like confess that they have been wrong. That they have been lied to. They believe their little fairy tales. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Unfortunately, and it's it's up to them. But they are then rejecting the Holy. They rejecting. They are blaspheming the Holy Spirit because because they doesn't want to believe. So their hearts will be sealed. Right. Yeah. The spirit of truth. They, they reject truth. Yes, you know, my, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, not for lack of belief, but for lack of knowledge. Yes, and truth.
mm-hmm. that's what is lacking, the truth, because yeah, they, they don't want to hear it. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's my experience. I try, you also try, you know how it is to discuss with them. Yeah. No, they, they, they don't want to hear it until they get burnt, <laughs> until they become toast, you know, and realize that they've been living a lie. That's hard to admit that you've been living a lie. It's very hard to admit. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. Okay. Two decades later, he published on the Jews and their lies. Amen. Yep. He woke up. <laughs> and probably after that, yeah. you, I think yeah. you alluded to it also. Probably he was yeah. murdered after this. Yeah, there's right. There's a Bible verse that with with wisdom comes much suffering. <laughs> right. Oh my yeah. God! What have I done? Yeah, and I I have that verse when I send out my emails because that's really what the that's sometimes the the life I live. Yeah, is, right. Really, that's the more you know, that's the more the you more it hurts over our people. Right. Amen. Yeah, bleed. Yeah, we're we're bleeding heart identians. <laughs> okay, but we're all literally bleeding too from all all of the scars we have from fighting the international Jew. Yes. But we will win and succeed. Amen. Okay, maybe I can get through this article here. Well, I think, yeah, right. Uh, Yeah, maybe. Okay. Yeah, the baby boomer version of evangelical Protestantism is is much like Martin Luther's early ideas. Um, Congregations like John Haig's Cornstone Church is out and out philosemitic. Pro-Jewish, pro-Jewish, yeah. Oh, yeah. Evangelical superstar Edith um, Schaefer from 1914 to 2013 wrote, Christianity is Jewish. Oh, no. Yeah. And unfortunately, white nationalists believe this rot. Ah. Okay. Well, well, a Christian wrote it. It must be true, right? No, she's not a Christian. She's a Zionist. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. Also, reaching those people that know that Jews are not up to no good. They they either want, don't want to recognize Christianity and and Yeshua Christ. Yeah. That's but yeah. <laughs> I guess they are the cold ones. That he said yeah. rather hot than cold, cold or hot. Yeah, <laughs> Christianity <laughs> recognizes Jesus as the Messiah. Judaism rejects Jesus one hundred percent. So how can Judaism and Christianity be the same? They have nothing in the same. They are like yeah. oil and water. That's right. Yeah. They can't mix. Mm-hmm. And the oil is floating on top, oppressing the, the water. Okay? Yeah. Well, one yes. day, one day somebody's going to come along with a match and burn off the oil. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's what's going to happen, folks. <laughs> yeah. What's a good metaphor? Yeah. In the same way that Luther changes his view from pro to anti-Jewish, that's a better to say that instead of Semitic. Very good. Yeah, yeah. he's using the proper term here. Yes. The evangelical um, grandchildren of the boomers will also change their views. Theologians, uh, which led away from reality based on a new idea, will go round and round until they get back to truth. In other words, real-world conflicts of interest caused British Islamists to become Christian identity. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Zionist reality. 
Okay, yes. you got six minutes. <laughs> You're going to have to speak as fast as Dr. Wesley Swift. Go for it. Oh, that won't, <laughs> I can't do that. Okay. No one will hear what I'm saying. Okay. Um, actions have consequences. In the case of Eric Love, um, it is important to emphasize the obvious idea that actions have consequences. Love's story shows that the behavior of Zionist Jews during the British mandate in Palestine changed the view of ordinary um, sympathetic soldiers. Of course, all nations are born in blood, and one man's um, terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. But Israel's behavior as an existing state is every bit as deadly. Uh, duplications and duplicitous empty- duplicitous yes yes and morally empty today as it was in the 1940 um, Israel then as now is also not an economical pr- productive state wow okay yeah <laughs> he's saying mm-hmm. they're parasites yeah yeah they are always it have exists. been mm-hmm he says it's true. It exists based on handles from Europe and North America. Oh, yeah. It's a lies wealth. Sorry, yes. Israel. Yeah, right. It's a fraud. Furthermore, Israel and uh, the diaspora Jews um, are behaving in the same way uh, today as in the 1940s. They can get away with this when they are only uh, harming conscripts in one corner of an empire, racked with colonial wars. But eventually, the wrong party will get offended, and there will be a serious response. The wrath, of the, the wrath of the awakened Saxon. Yeah. yeah. In other words, British historians lead to Christian identity. Amen. Amen. Very good. Very good. Yeah, That's so... Yeah, it is very good. So, uh, uh, just... Uh, you know, just chanced upon this article while I was uh, searching for something else, uh, but it turns out that uh, Chris in London has a copy of this on his website, and so I will provide a link to that website uh, on when we post this uh, uh, audio later today on Eurofolk Radio. So good job, Michael. This is a very, very important article and uh, the story of uh, uh, Vicki Weaver and Randy Weaver. And William J. Cameron, uh, Potter Gale, etc., etc. This is uh, really very important stuff that uh, every white person needs to know. Okay, it's just that simple. Every white person needs to know about these things because the Jews are preventing you from knowing these things. And it's about time that white people get angry with with those that are deceiving them. All right. That is your natural response to be outraged at those who are deceiving you and tricking you and uh, and turning you into cannon fodder for useless wars, wars of democracy when there is no democracy. Wake up, wake up, people! It's time for you to wake up. Okay, so I'm I'm going down through the um, footnotes here, and. Uh, it says here that Howard Rand is a literal Yankee, i.e. descended from Puritan settlers in New England and arriving with Governor Winthrop. His family is among the earliest settlers to Vermont. In the United States, the sharpest American critics of Jewry are from this group. Yeah. 
Okay, those who haven't been bought off by them, <laughs> right? Okay, so uh, uh, less is known of the life of William J. Cameron, possibly a pen name. No, well, Cameron, William J. Cameron was the editor of Ford's Dearborn Independent and the author of The Covenant People, one of the best identity books ever produced. Randy and Vicki Weaver were adherents to Christian identity. In the letter dated January 22, 1991, Vicki wrote the U.S. attorney stating in part, quote, A man cannot have two masters. Yahweh, Yahshua, Messiah, the anointed one of Saxon Israel, is our lawgiver and our king. We will obey him and no others. A long-forgotten wind is starting to blow. Do you hear the approaching thunder? It is that of the awakened Saxon. War is upon the land. The tyrant's sick blood will flow, unquote. This lingo is filled with Christian identity eschatological concepts. Yes, it is. They were targeted because they were identians. Right? But uh, it, uh, she gave her life for the cause. She sacrificed her life for the cause, and that blew up in the Jews' faces. Ever since that incident, the Jews have downplayed their hatred for Christian identity. But we're not fooled. We know how they operate, and they simply re, uh, uh, broadened their scope from identity to so-called white supremacism and staging false flag events where they use patsies to take the fall instead of real identity adherence. To my knowledge, no identian has ever taken a fall by uh, by the ADL since since that day. Okay, although they have, uh, they, they did work on uh, uh, Richard Butler's, you know, they infiltrated Richard Butler uh, congregation to the extreme. Uh, the last I heard was three out of five members of Butler's congregation were actually federal agents. <laughs> that is how determined they were to get rid of his ministry. Okay. Oh, yeah. My. Okay. Yeah. They will infiltrate. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Great show, Michael. This was very, a very educational, a very succinct uh, article here. One of the best articles on identity I have ever read. Thanks for uh, narrating today. All right, folks. This has been Bloodlines for today. Thanks for listening. Praise Yahweh. Pass the ammunition. See you all later today on Voice of Christian Israel. Bye-bye. Y'all bless you all. Goodbye.